Welcome to this episode of Living and Working Abroad. Um, this week we're covering a number of different topics um, and we're featuring the year end. <clears throat> it's the year end of, uh, with Christmas coming up. There's uh, around about 20 days to Christmas at the moment. There's around 25 days to the end of the Cyprus tax year. So clients need to prepare uh, their tax savings for the current year. Uh, so what expenses, what uh, fees can you incur um, <clears throat> to mi and minimize your, your tax for 2023? But also for Cyprus tax residents, <clears throat> uh, before the end of December, you can submit your Cyprus tax return without penalty if you've got no tax to pay. Uh, there might be some, if you're behind on your tax payment, there might be some interest on that, but uh, you can still submit that tax return without penalty by the end of December. So, <clears throat> and then for the UK, there's around about 55 days left to the end of the tax year to submit that online. Um, if you haven't got information or any details to us yet, please do that. And if you need help and guidance, completing an online return uh, for Cyprus uh, uh, for an expat, for a UK expat living and working abroad, contact us at productpartnership.com. We'll be happy to help you and get those completed. Most of our clients will complete before Christmas, giving us a bit of time to help any, any new clients that have still not got their returns done in time. <clears throat> There's been a few changes uh, over, the, over the last few weeks with the UK. Um, and what we want to cover this week is some of the financial essentials that are resulting from uh, the UK changes in the autumn budget which have quite a significant factor on expats living and working abroad. But we're not just talking about from the UK perspective, we're talking about wherever you're living and working abroad. So first of all, let's look at the state pension in the UK. Uh, they made a big thing about scrapping class two national insurance for the self-employed, which if you're in the UK and you're self-employed, uh, that, that is a, a, a tax saving of £190 uh, a year. Uh, some of the increases in national insurance in the UK, they reduced down to save an extra 2%. And those are being brought forward from January uh, because of the uh, 2024 elections in the new year, uh, from January 24. So there's savings for self-employed people in the UK. Um, however, class two isn't completely scrapped. So for expats that are living and working abroad, uh, given that the autumn statement is only a policy statement at the moment, it's not enacted into law, and there's lots going on in the UK, and how long will the, the current government survive, we don't know. Uh, but the proposal is, is, is for the class two to actually remain, and, and that will be a, a voluntary contribution for people on low pay. So if you've got very small self-employed contractor income in the UK, you would do that, but that, could all, that should continue to apply for uh, people living or working abroad. So it's not clear on that at the moment. We won't know until the legislation passes or, or the white paper is, 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 is clearly presented. So at the moment, expats living or working abroad have got the option to pay class, uh, uh, class three voluntary contributions, which is about 19, 20 pounds uh, a week. Or they could pay voluntary contributions, which is the um, £190 a year, but 
um, that, that because then if you're not working in the UK, you don't have the additional uh, 10% going down to 8% for for uh, class four uh, national insurance for UK self-employed. So it, it, as far as we understand it today, December uh, 23, uh, expats living and working abroad can still contribute class two contributions into 2024 to credit a year for each of, of their pension contributions for the UK state pension. Um, for more information and guidance on maintaining a, a state pension while you're working as an expat living and working abroad, uh, contact us at poetpartnership.com. The UK have got a number of reciprocal social insurance agreements and health insurance agreements, which are separate to the double taxation treaty, something that we can help and guide uh, people living and working abroad uh, on. A lot of our clients over the last year have had inquiries from their banks. Um, banks, um, like um, a, a, other organisations, are part of the tax reporting and tax agency system for collecting and exchanging data uh, uh, within a country and across border. So a double taxation treaty uh, collects information uh, uh, from banks, investment companies, salaries, payrolls, re property rental agents, uh, and, and tax reports are submitted. And they're exchanged between countries. So if you're an expat living and working abroad, and your home country or your domicile country is elsewhere, then the two jurisdictions exchange information and under the double taxation treaty determines how you, you pay your tax. Now, ta the banks now um, are, are quite restricted and they have to have a license to operate. And the more services they operate, the bigger the fee, the bigger the regulation of the license. So over the last few years, we've seen a lot of banks actually behind the scenes transforming, not necessarily operating the same service or they're splitting up and, and reorganizing themselves. So they're not quite the same as they were before. So it's not one bank that fits all around the world. It, 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 each bank is slightly different and slightly um, uh, uh, based in a particular jurisdiction. And this has a number of different impacts for, for expats living and working abroad. As for you as a resident, it doesn't matter where you are in the world, you can receive money into a bank account. A bank account is a movable uh, current asset uh, so if you've got a, um, a bank account in any currency in any country around the world, the income coming into that bank and the interest earned on that bank account or that savings is reportable in your country of tax residence. So that's important to note. Now, the bank's ability to offer you banking services if you live abroad may have changed. Some banks are able to do that. Regulations change regularly and therefore the banks have to uh, adapt the way they work. Uh, blame the French, blame the OECD for that, uh, and, the, and the ongoing regulations to, to make sure that everybody pays, corporations pay a minimum amount of tax uh, around the world, and that everybody pays a fair, a fair and the correct amount of tax. Um, <clears throat> but you'll find now that the, the uh, banks uh, have to report 
not uh, not just your money laundering for your um, uh, photo ID and your address verification, but they'll also now have to verify your tax number and your social insurance number. So this is the essence for that. And if you uh, uh, if a bank is not licensed to offer services to people abroad, they will withdraw services to you. So it's important to take care that your bank is changing the arrangements, that you'll need to verify and update your information every couple of years, but also note that they, they are reporting, uh, and for example, if you've got a, a regular income coming in and they're not clear what it is, they may ask you to clarify what that is and, and provide proof of what the credits and debits are. This is all part of the tax reporting uh, and exchange of information that's going on in, in the modern world. Um, all the tax uh, are joined up in, in the UK, HMRC, uh, national insurance, pensions, state pensions, they're all connected. So everybody knows what everybody else is doing. And if you've registered your pensions because you're abroad under a double taxation treaty, so you're not taxed at source, it's reported to your home country uh, where you're a tax resident. So bear that in mind and for more help and guidance on uh, managing your bank accounts around the world, contact us at partnership.com. Uh, the next financial essential that we want to look at is tax residency and, and what you can and cannot do. When you're working remotely, you can work around the corner, so you don't have to go in the office. Now, it's a personal opinion whether your boss wants you in the office or wants you to work remotely, um, but post-COVID, uh, it's accelerated the process where people are working remotely using technology, using mobile phones and computers from any location or from a, a communal uh, hub or base. Um, and when you're in the same tax jurisdiction, so you're living and working uh, in your country of tax residence where, where you're doing the work, then everything is hunky-dory, there's no problem. And in the UK, you have a pay-as-you-earn system that deducts your income uh, and your social insurance taxes at source. So that's all very good. When you go expat and you, your remote working is across border, different rules apply. Now, if you're working abroad for a short period of time, um, so you get a con uh, agreement from the employer to work abroad for one or two or three months, then that's okay. But once you go beyond the short stay rules, a couple of things start applying and it, and it becomes complicated. Uh, first of all, in the EU, uh, they don't like people staying beyond a short stay rule. You either have to have a Schengen visa or get out or have a resident permit. Uh, and expats are familiar with this. To get a residence permit uh, in any country and in the EU, you need a permanent address, for example. You need to either own a property or be able to rent a property for the full year uh, to, get that permit, uh, to get that resident permit and allow you to stay beyond the 90 days. But if you do stay beyond the 90 days and you are working, even if your employer is in another country, you, you can continue to work. But if, it, if somebody comes to the UK, from a UK company or any other country to come to, to work abroad, say in Cyprus, they have to bear in mind that that employer is obliged after 90 days not to be deducting tax 
in the in the country where you're doing the job. So if you're doing the job in in the UK and you're paying uh, income tax national insurance at source, that's fine. If you work remotely uh, uh, in the same town, that is fine. If you move to uh, West Wales or or the north of Scotland or the Yorkshire Moors to work remotely, that's still okay. But when you go across border into another tax jurisdiction, Ireland, Cyprus, Portugal, Spain, then uh, the, the, the only a short stay of working abroad uh, is, is allowable for the employer to keep deducting you uh, and taxing you as an employee. Beyond that, uh, you, they, uh, one of two things can happen. The employer can have a branch office uh, uh, in that location and have their own tax jurisdiction, or they can have an employer of record service provided locally so that you pay local social insurance and local income tax. Now, on a, an individual basis, that can be quite expensive, but deals can be done and product can offer that service to, to clients. And on a bigger scale, then it depends whether the company has got an office in the country in which you want to live. So it's quite a complex issue, it depends upon your contract, your employer, but if you've got the control of your personal service company or your partner in that company, then you can make those changes and, 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 and treat yourself uh, in a way that, that suits you when living and working abroad. So for, uh, if you want to work remotely across border for more than a short stay period, more than 90 days, uh, you need to get a, a new tax residence for that work to be abroad. For more help and guidance on that, contact us at projectpartnership.com. As we said before, uh, to get a tax residence, you need a residency permit. To get a residency permit, you need a permanent address in that country. So if you own a property, if you own a holiday home in Portugal, Spain, uh, France, or, or the UK, then you can get, um, uh, you, you can possibly get a resident permit to, to stay for longer stays in that, that country. And certainly if you want to stay for more than three months in any six months in a European country, then you do need to get that resident permit. And Product can help you with that if you contact us at productpartnership.com. Now, once you, you start staying beyond uh, six months, half the year, you're automatically becoming tax residents as well in that country. So that's a new complication. So if the, the work goes beyond 90 days, then the employer and employees are obliged to pay you in that new country. Uh, but if your stay goes beyond uh, 180 days, then you're obliged to be a tax resident anyway and have a tax reporting requirement. So there could be a dual reporting requirement for, you, for each country, uh, for your home country and the country you're staying in this year, uh, or you can get relief under a double taxation treaty, but that might mean changing your contract or your arrangements with your employer, uh, either as employer of record or setting up a branch office or working with ProAct. And one of the things that we do with clients is that you, you could change your, your employment contract in the UK to that as a contractor, either to be a, 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 a self-employed contractor of your personal service company in the UK, uh, or uh, to be a, a contractor overseas on that contract. 
and that way it allows us to either continue to pay uh, class two national insurance in the UK uh, uh, when you're working abroad or, or social insurance abroad uh, when you're uh, doing the work there. Depends where the work is being done. So if the work is being done uh, in the country in which you're a tax resident, then you need to pay social insurance in that country. If you're doing the work remotely, uh, but it still is essentially it's being done in, in the home country, and that's a grey area there, but potentially you could still pay, because you're living and working abroad, a voluntary class two national insurance, which could cover your, your work perspective. But it is a grey area, and you need to make sure that the, that the records are right, so that you're paying the right amount of tax in the right country, so that when exchange of information between governments takes place, you're not losing out. Finally today, let's, let's look at the changes to the, um, in the autumn statement on residency. The, the UK have a, a requirement or had a requirement uh, of, of 26,000 pounds salary for a foreign skilled worker to come and work in the UK. And that's now been increased to 39,000 pounds. So for an expat to, to relocate to the UK, to be living and working abroad, they must have an income that they can show that is over £39,000 a year uh, uh, going forward from 2024. So there's quite a big jump from the 26000 at the moment. Uh, and, and in fact, it's also £4,000, uh, 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 almost 10% higher than the average wage in the UK, which is about 35000 at the moment. So um, a foreign skilled worker now needs to come into the UK and have above average pay to be able to work there. A dependent uh, non-UK spouse can still join the UK um, if the, the family's income is, is around about £18,500. But for that foreign skilled worker now, have the £39,000 worth of income. So it's quite a big jump that's taking place. Compare that to somewhere like Cyprus, where um, uh, to, uh, for an expat to come and relocate to Cyprus, uh, the income that they need to show is £24,000 a year. Sorry, €24,000 a year, which is about £20,000. And that income can be from salary, uh, from your employer abroad. It can be uh, as a self-employed contractor, where we can show in the tax returns that level of income. And, and the bank statements, obviously, or it can come from property rental income or investment income from dividends or shares or funds. So as long as uh, you're coming to Cyprus as an expat with £20,000, €24,000 income, you can get residency as an expat. But for the UK, the big change where it's going from £26,000 up to £39,000. So even if the, uh, the big government changes coming next year, this is likely to uh, take effect anyway, um, because the other thing that is the door that they're trying to close is, is the welfare system that, that uh, uh, attracts to the beneficiaries and the dependence of the people coming into work. Um, so big changes are coming in. Uh, the financial essentials are clear for expats. Whether it's expats relocating to the UK 
or from the UK around the world and into Europe. For more information and guidance, contact us at productpartnership.com. Tune in to our Living and Working Board show, watch our shorts, and, and we'll look forward to seeing you again next time.